Hello, and thank you for listening to the Midweek Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is the sermon for the Midweek Lenten Service, March 20th, 2019. It is entitled, Job, Learning to Lament, and is based on Job, chapter 3, verse 1 through 26. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hanley. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever been somewhere where you were meeting a lot of different people from different backgrounds and you get around to introducing yourself and that inevitable question comes, oh, where are you from? And you tell them and they might look at you funny and you might have to try to explain it and they say, oh, so you're from flyover country. I mean, if it's somebody from the coast, somebody from one of those exotic places like New York or Los Angeles, pretty much the entire United States that aren't those places is flyover country, places where people are a little bit old-fashioned or out of touch, you know, not as hip and trendy, and maybe you get away from that by saying, oh, I'm, I'm from the Chicago area. Maybe, but tell somebody from Chicago where you're from, and they'll be like, south of I-80? Yeah, that's, that's not Chicago area, sorry. We're just flyover country. Well, there are parts of life that are kind of like flyover territory, too. Part of life that you don't really want to focus on, you don't really want to dwell on, and it's not so much that they're common or pedestrian, but they may be parts of your life that you just you just don't want to think about. These are the parts of your life that you don't share on social media. These might be the parts of your life that you don't share with anyone in any way. The parts of your life where you have experienced deep pain, suffering, illness, some grief, some death that really affected you. It cut you to the core. These are those flyover parts of life. We just We don't want to be in them. We want to get past them. We don't want them to be a part of our life. And come to think of it, it doesn't even have to be a part of our life. We don't even really want to be around it, do we? You don't want to spend your time with somebody that's dealing with all of these problems. I know they say that misery loves company, but that's not true, is it? at least not for the one who isn't miserable? Have you ever been around somebody who's sick? Especially if that person's a guy, kind of babies. It doesn't go well, right? Have you ever been around somebody who's lost a child? That's not exactly a situation you jump into, right? It's not a situation that you're like, yeah, yeah, let me go. Let me go and let me be with that person. This is going to be really good. No. We shy away from that. We don't want to be in those kinds of situations because what do you do? 
What do you do with all of the weeping and the wailing? What do you do with all of their tears and their mourning? What do you do when they're finally able to put words together, but those words are, why? Why, God? Why did this happen? Why now? Why me? And what do you do? What do you say to those people? It's uncomfortable. I know that sometimes what we want to say is just fly over it. Get over it. It it happened. You, You need to get better. Chin up. Big kids don't cry. We try to face these problems with with this great strength. But does that really help us? Does it help us who are in those positions? Those positions of grief, those positions of suffering, those positions of sadness. Is that what we need? Is that what we need to hear? Is that the tough love? that will make us better. Tonight, we come to the third chapter of Job. And we've been doing pretty good so far. We've sort of heard a little bit about Job. We understand that he is this blameless, righteous man, this man of faith in God. And now Satan is going to try to prove that he only trusts in God because God has been blessing him so richly. And once those blessings have been removed, he's going to drop God in a second. But we heard about the calamity. We heard about what happened, how Satan came and took away Job's livelihood, took away Job's children, his family, and even now took away Job's health. But we also heard Job's response. We have seen that Job is this pristine example of godliness and patience. What did Job do when all of these things started to happen in his life? He said, the Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he worshipped God. But something's changing. Those words are not the words that you heard me read just a few minutes ago, were they? In the meantime, Job's situation has deteriorated. The reality of his suffering has hit him. Maybe before he was in denial, but now he can't deny it. The suffering is there. It's real. And it's bigger than he can possibly bear. His own wife sees him in the sad condition, this horrible state with his skin peeling off of him. And she gives him those wonderful words of advice. Job, curse God and die. I guess she didn't hear that part about for better, for worse, till death do us part. Job's wife's not exactly very helpful. But then his friends start to come and they don't know what to say. And finally Job cries out these words. And in these words tonight... Job's not cursing God, is he? 
He's still that man of faith, but he is cursing the day that he was born. He's cursing that day. He wishes that he was never born. But then as he moves on and since he realizes since that happened, since he was conceived, since he was born, well, then it would have been better that he died shortly after his mother gave birth to him. But then since that hasn't happened either, he simply wishes that his miserable life would just end. Death looks pretty good to him. It's kind of like somebody in kind of a hopeless state today would say, boy, life would be pretty good to be in prison, right? I mean, you're protected, you get three square meals a day, what do you have to worry about? It's not that being in prison is good, but compared to wherever they're at, it's better. That's what Job's saying about death right now. Compared to the suffering, compared to the pain he's in, it looks pretty good. If you take to heart Job's words, you learn one thing. You learn how to lament. Nobody laments like Job. Nobody expresses that deep pain and suffering, the emotional content of what it is that he's feeling better than Job. You get the feeling that this isn't just some philosophical exercise to him. This is real life, and in real life he is in deep pain. And so what do you do when you are in pain? You cry. You wail. You lament. I know that's not something that we're comfortable with. It's not something that we like to be around, but we cannot fly over chapter 3 of Job, for he has much to teach us. Probably the biggest thing, the most pressing thing that we can learn from Job is that we all can cope with our sorrow by going through it. Now, I'd like to say that we can cope with our sorrow by going around it, by, by digging under it and, and getting underneath it and coming out the other side, or even by jumping over it. But that's not what we learn. I'd even like to say that you could cope with sorrow in your life by just getting over it. But some of you older and wiser than myself know that that's not true either. There are occasions where the sorrow that you experience in this life is so deep that it will stay with you. It will stay with you your whole life. Maybe it'll get a little bit better. Maybe the pain won't be so sharp, but you'll never get over it. And you don't need to. But what you do need to do is to grieve. You need to know that it's okay to lament. It's okay to feel that pain and to let that pain out. In fact, it's not just okay. It's probably the best way for us to live. There are a lot of people in this world this world of sin, this world of suffering, where they've experienced pain. It might be pain when they were children. It might be pain when they were in school. It might be pain that came in their marriage. And because that pain was never grieved, because that pain was never 
released. They're stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck in this life. Even if they've gotten older, they're still 14. They're still 28. They're still 34. That unresolved grief and pain, it doesn't make life better. Instead, we have things like anxiety, phobias, self-esteem issues. It gets into you and it affects you and it affects you for life. Maybe you're somebody whose background is not what we would call a good Christian home. Maybe you had a father who was an alcoholic. Maybe you had a mother who was distant or absent. Maybe you experienced great prejudice and bigotry growing up. That leaves a mark. That causes pain. And you can pretend that that doesn't matter, that you're strong, you're, you're able to get through of it, you don't have to acknowledge it, but the reality is, if you do that, you don't heal. It's that wound that just infects and gets worse and worse. And so sometimes that shows itself in bad behaviors. People end up imitating that lifestyle. That's all they know. They never grew out of it. They never learned from it. They never learned that that's not how life is supposed to be. And so it just perpetuates itself to the next generation. Doctors, in fact, have realized that this is a huge problem. Because we're uncomfortable with lamenting. We're uncomfortable with pain and grief. We try to hide it. We try to look past it. But that unresolved regret, that unresolved pain, that unresolved grief, it shows itself in our bodies physically. You might have some illness that has no explanation, or you may have some chronic pain that you've never figured out, and the doctors can't explain it either. But maybe it's the manifestation of that strong pain, that strong emotion that you thought you could just keep inside and bottle up and put more layers upon more layers. But it just doesn't work. We need to mourn. We need to grieve. Job teaches us this. In our world, this may be uncomfortable, this may be radical, but this is medicine that we need to hear. In our gospel lesson tonight, Jesus speaks those words of blessing. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Do you hear Jesus' words of blessing? He doesn't say, blessed are the strong, blessed are those who are able to bounce back, blessed are those that don't need to take a few minutes to grieve. No, blessed are those who mourn. If you want healing, if you want the blessing that Jesus promises, don't hide it. Lament, grieve. In that beloved psalm, Psalm 23, David says those words, Even though I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death. Walk through. It's not the place where you're going to stay, but it is a place you need to go to. It is a place you need to go to and you won't be alone, but you need to go through that place. You need the healing that only God can offer. And how does that happen? There's a cute little acronym that really works, that explains the content of the laments that we find very often in the Bible. For it's not just here in Job, it's in the book of Psalms, it's in Genesis, it's all throughout. When we see laments, we see people do four things. First, they see. It's going to spell the word care. First, they see, they complain. When you're in pain, release it. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to tell God what hurts. It's okay to express frustration at the brokenness of this world. We complain to God and we let some of that pain out. We also, A, affirm. We affirm God's nature. We affirm the characteristics of God when we address God with our complaints We might use such words as, dear, loving Father, because we know our God loves us and he cares about us. Dear, compassionate Father, because we know that he loves us. Dear God of all mercies, for he is merciful. We affirm who God is. And then we move to R. We remind We remind ourselves, but also God, of his promises. When we're in that world of darkness, let us go to those strong promises that he has given us. God, I know that you will never leave me nor abandon me, that you are always with me because you said so. God, I know that no matter what comes, that it is not too much. It might be too much for me, but I know it is not too much for you. You remind yourself and God of those promises. And finally, E, you express your trust in that God and in his promises. That that it doesn't make sense to you what you are experiencing right now, that you don't understand it, but you trust God. You trust him in his wisdom. You trust him in his power that somehow he can work all things together for the good of those who love him. It doesn't have to make sense to you. You don't have to have all of the answers, but you are calling out to a God who does. You trust him and you express that trust. So we complain, we affirm, we remind and we express that trust in God. This is how we lament. This is how we care for ourselves, and we do so in such a way, not that we are cursing God, but that we are cursing our circumstances, and we are falling on God in trust. But finally, we don't just want to cope with sorrow. We want to be able to look past it. And the only way that we can do this is to keep our focus on Jesus, our Savior. 
to keep our focus on Jesus, our Savior, who we know was a man of sorrows. Jesus experienced the suffering of this life. He knows what it's like. In this time of Lent, I would encourage you to open up the Gospels and read through Jesus' final days, Thursday and Friday, especially Thursday in the garden. Hear Jesus wrestling with his own sorrow. Hear him complain, affirm, remind, and express his own trust in God as he carries out that mission. As he does the one thing that he knows will bring him great suffering, but will bring us the hope, the healing, the salvation that we need. Psalm 30, verse 5, says, Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to weep. But we do so knowing that it's just a season. It's just a season of our life. It's just a period of our life. But that day will come when our hearts are filled with joy unending. And we know that that day will come because it came in Jesus. Yes, the night came. Jesus died on the cross. He was put into that tomb of darkness. But on the third day, there was mourning. There was joy. As your pastor, as somebody who loves you, and cares for you. I know, hearts are full. There's a lot of suffering. There are a lot of burdens. You need to know you don't need to carry them. You don't need to hold them in. You don't need to hide them. We might sometimes be uncomfortable with it, but God can handle it. God is bigger than it. And he is the one who brings healing. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening, and God's blessings.